Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. David, I'm a recovering sexaholic. Welcome to the panel on misconnection versus a true spiritual connection. I'm going to be the moderator for this period. Uh, In the spirit of the fifth tradition to carry the essay message, this session will be recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during this session. If you do not wish to be recorded, you may participate by listening. Please do not tamper with the recording equipment. Or I will swat your hand. (laughs) Um, We'll begin the meeting with a few moments of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. The serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Would someone please read the essay purpose from page 201 in the white book? The essay purpose. Sexaholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober. There are no dues or fees for essay membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. Essay is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sexually sober and help others to achieve sexual sobriety. Thanks, Our panelists for this session are Paul and Josh, and they're going to each be sharing for about seven to ten minutes, longer than that. We were to have three, but one was unable to attend today. Um, after they share, we'll then open the meeting uh, for sharing. Uh, please join me in welcoming our panelists. I don't know which one wants to start, but if you would kind of turn that thing to face you as you speak, please, since it's being recorded and it's easier. All right. My name is Josh. I'm a sexaholic. I'll just open with a prayer my sponsor taught me. It's just uh, breathing God. Breathe out me. Breathing God. Breathe out me. All right. I'm going to, um, I'm going to start with the 12 step literature because, um, it's going to be far more beneficial than anything I have to say. Um, not many uh, people can truly assert that they love anybody. By the way, this is from the 12 and 12, uh, step 10. Not many people can truthfully assert that they love everybody. Most of us admit that we have love but a few. 
that we have been quite indifferent to the many, so long as none of them gave us trouble. And as for the remainder, well, we have really disliked or hated them. Although these attitudes are common enough, we AAs find we need something much better in order to keep our balance. We can't stand it if we hate deeply. The idea that we can be possessively few of, uh, possessively loving of a few can ignore the many and can, can continue to fear or hate anybody has to be abandoned if only a little at a time. We can try to stop making unreasonable demands upon those we love. We can show kindness where we had shown none. With those we dislike, we can begin to practice justice and courtesy, perhaps going out of our way to understand and helpful, help them. Whenever we fail any of these people, we can promptly admit it to ourselves um, always and to them also. When the admission would be helpful, courtesy, kindness, justice, and love are the keynotes by which we come into harmony with practically anybody. When in doubt, we can always pause saying, Thy will, not mine, be done. Um, or not my will, but thine be done. And we can always ask ourselves, Am I doing unto others as I would have them do to me today? So, you know, for me, um, Step 10, and the steps are really what help establish, you know, a, a true connection for me. Um, I feel like for, in order to have a real connection with another person, it starts with an authentic connection to God. And um, it essentially, it just, for me, the best thing I could do early in my recovery, my sponsor just had me get on my knees and say the third step prayer in the morning. That's where it began, right? But it couldn't stay there if I was going to, be able to grow in recovery and healing. You know, it had to grow through doing inventory, um, making amends, praying and, and, and seeking progressive victory over character defects. Um, and the most important thing is, you know, really, if I live 10, 11, and 12, you know, I don't necessarily have to go back and redo all the steps all over again. For me, it's that daily house cleaning that clears... Um, it clears the noise and I guess the, the, I guess spiritual corrosion that keeps, uh, me from God. And that's the really incredible thing. You know, when I first got, uh, sober from, from drugs and alcohol, it's like I could, um, see God working in my life. But when I got and dealt with the sexual sobriety, I could feel him working in my life. It was kind of like turning the cell signal from boost mobile to Verizon. So, um, <laughs> Another thing is, you know, for me, um, so yes, taking inventory and clearing the channel. Again, the more I'm connected to God, the better I can love other people and, and have an authentic connection, right? Because if I don't have that connection with God, I'm going to seek somebody to fill a God-sized hole. And um, it was porn. It was sex. It was lust. And uh, it's a bottomless pit. There's enough lust in this world to... Uh, there's not enough lust in this world to satisfy me, but there is enough to kill me. So the other thing is... Um, I'm just going to keep it basic. You know, I was working on... I do some music, and I was working with someone the other day. And um, we recorded this song, and I put all this time and energy into making this track so big and having all these orchestral elements. But then I realized when I just stripped it down, it was just like essentially a piano and a vocalist. sounded so much better. So I can try to spice this up. But honestly, the basics of the program is, is where the magic happens. And if I stay a beginner, uh, I can stay sober. I don't If I stay a beginner... So uh, what does staying a beginner for me look like? Well... 
going to meetings. I mean, I'll reverse that. I wake up in the morning, I hit my knees, and I started to set a timer now. You know, and keep in mind, all this stemmed from me just saying the third step prayer in the morning. Uh, many, many years ago, but bit by bit, you know, if I'm going to the gym, I just, I don't keep the, hopefully I'm not going to just stay on the same weight for 20 <laughs> years and not build muscle. So, um, it's similar with my spiritual routine, right? I try to up the ante a little bit, um, at a time and over time, um, my morning routine, my service work, I believe becomes more substantial. So how, what does that look like for me when I wake up in the morning, I, I hit my knees and I set a timer and, uh, I pray for about 21 minutes, 20, 21 minutes. Um, and I don't, I typically I'm realizing now if I don't have kind of an idea, a, a game plan for how I'm going to pray, I'm just going to wander and kind of complain to God and, <laughs> Then start thinking of random stuff. So um, I try to say 10 things I'm grateful for. I try to say the Lord's Prayer, the Serenity Prayer, 23rd Psalm, um, 11th Step Prayer, uh, the the um, you know my, the, the 7th Step Prayer, and um, and then I'll pray for other people, you know, and I'll ask God to remove certain defects that are troubling me. Um, what else? Um, yeah, and then you know some other stuff. Then, then I'll typically um, journal scripture uh, for me about a page. That's part important part of my routine. Um, I'll, I'll meditate for uh, a certain amount of time, uh, like twenty eight or twenty nine minutes, and uh, typically have something I'm repeating. You know, it could just be breathing God, breathe out me. It could be repeating scripture phrases. Um, typically, that's what I'm doing, trying to memorize that, um, and. Then, um, then sometimes I will typically like, I'll read a couple of pages of 12 step literature and underline it or take some notes, you know, and that's foundational for me. Um, you know, and then at night, uh, I'll set a timer for 20 minutes or so and, and say some prayers, um, and just kind of glance at some spiritual text, right? Typically for me, scripture or, and, and or some, uh, 12 step literature, you know, but, but that's, that's how I kind of stay connected. But, you know, remember the third step prayer is I turn my will and my life over to the care of God, not my morning and my nights. So it means I have to take God with me everywhere I go. And like it says here, um, when in doubt, I can pause saying, not my will, but thine be done. Right. The other thing is staying a beginner for me is calling my sponsor regularly. I mean, I bet I talk to my sponsor five days a week still. And I'm, you know, coming up on eight years of sobriety, but I still know that I am nothing without the, uh, with my, without my routine, without my sponsor, without making regular calls for me, it's I'm probably on the phone with at least three people in the program a day, um, between 12 step calls. Um, and I try to surrender lust whenever I'm tempted. You know, it doesn't mean I don't get tempted. It doesn't mean that thoughts don't play in my head longer than they should. But, you know, once I realize what's going on, it's really important for me to say, Lord, take this away or make a call and, and check in. Um, and staying on top of that inventory as well. Um, serving other people, so, so important. I mean, again, I have this, uh, I've kind of put on some more service work recently between 12 step sponsees. Um, some outside volunteer work. And I just believe that is really 
uh, helps me grow my God so much, you know, and I feel like if God, I can always say I don't have time for it, but I've found that if I take care of God's business, he seems to take care of mine. And again, the bigger my God, the, the stronger the connection, um, I believe to other people and myself. Um, so yeah, if I can grow um, in recovery, if I can stay a beginner, then I can grow my connection to the Lord. And, and for me, that's growing my connection to others. So I'll just read this last thing, and then I'll turn it over. Um, so this is the how and why of it. First, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that here after in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He's the principal. We are his agents. He's the father, and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch, which we passed to freedom. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Thank you. God. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Paul, and I am a sexaholic. Uh, I appreciate all of you being here. Um, I have always been religious, always believed in God, so uh, the second step wasn't a real problem for me. But what I had to learn in the program, uh, the way I had been uh, communicating with God all along was uh, the wrong way. I, I didn't know it was the wrong way, but I've learned from the program it was. Um, my relationship with God was always, uh, God, please, I need this. Please, God, help me with that. Please, God, do this. Please, God, do that. So it was sort of my, you know, put a quarter in and uh, get get a prize back. Um, and what I had to learn in the program was uh, to to not be asking all the time for things, but uh, to be quiet and to listen and uh, to follow God's direction. And uh, one of the things that my sponsor wanted me to do was to uh, practice meditating. And, and I have a very hard time meditating. I, uh, a meditation where I just close my eyes and think about nothing, for me, is extremely difficult. Uh, I can really only do that for less than a minute. Uh, and then I start thinking about, you know, I need the groceries, I need to go do this, all these other things. And um, so I really do admire uh, people in, in the program that, that are able to meditate for four or five minutes. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a great way uh, for me, and I turned uh, my relationship with God around turned it in the other direction i turned it from wanting and asking to listening and being quiet and uh, asking god to help me and direct me uh and what i was uh doing um i know a lot of people do their uh tent step in the morning i am an, a night person myself uh, so I sort of review my day in the evening uh, and uh, look look at my emotions and look at my reactions, look at what's going on in my life, and 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 thank God for for the great things that I have and the, and the great things that He has given me. Uh, and 
So I, I try to be as appreciative as I can uh, and, and uh, thank God for all the great things that he's given me. Um, so my, my relationship has changed and um, it, it's become um, more healthy and um, I appreciate the program. The program is very helpful to me. Uh, the program is really my lifeline. I have this uh, feeling that I'm always walking on the edge of a cliff and uh, the fellowship is my rope, my life rope. And so long as I uh, stay in contact with the fellowship, uh, I will not uh, slip and fall. Uh, and so long as I make phone calls, so long as I uh, come to meetings, uh, I'm safe. But uh, once I start uh, not going to meetings or uh, not making phone calls or staying connected, then I, that those little things, things creep into my mind, you know. Uh, well, why don't you uh, look at pornography for five minutes? It won't hurt. Uh, and uh, all that kind of uh, stuff. So, uh, the program is uh, very helpful to me. And, um, thank you very much for listening. Thanks, Paul. Because our common welfare comes first, here are the guidelines for sharing during this meeting. We do not cross-talk. That is, we share with the group as a whole rather than addressing any individual member. We speak in the I, not the we or the you. We leave our identities at the door, including politics, religions, therapies, treatment centers, occupations, and other 12-step issues. We speak about and from the essay point of view. Our meeting focus is on the solution to our essay approach to recovery. Whenever possible, we avoid the mention of titles and authors that are not essay-approved literatures. In participation, we avoid topics that lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid profanity, sexual descriptions, and sexually abusive language. In sharing, if a speaker brings up a controversial topic or deviates from our guidelines, the moderator will interrupt the speaker and ask them to honor our request. We can also remind each other of our commitment to these guidelines by quietly raising our hand. In sharing, we encourage you to focus on the topic of this meeting. This is not a check-in meeting. If you need to check in, please find a temporary sponsor, someone with a purple dot on their name tag, after the meeting with whom you can share. We ask that those who wish to share, please come up and sit in the chair next to the microphone in a queue. As one person moves to the sharing chair, the others just move over and another person takes the empty chair. I don't know that we quite have that many chairs. So that as many members as possible have a chance to share, please limit your sharing to a maximum of two minutes or less. A timer, which I have, will remind you when you've reached two minutes. 
Please speak into the microphone so that those who listen to the recording can follow the discussion. The meeting is now open for sharing. I'm Ed W. from Louisville, Kentucky. It's Friday Day, January 191. Um, when I looked at this topic, I, I wanted to be present because um, it strikes a note, and I remember in the expanded sobriety definition where it says the real problem for all of single, married, man, woman, from whatever lifestyle, is one and the same, the spiritual misconnection. And uh, the problem is not lust, Problems not my selfishness and self-centeredness. Problem is my spiritual misconnection. And uh, what I'm lacking of, you know, Big Book tells me that my dilemma is powerlessness, lack of power is my problem, which is about this spiritual misconnection. My selfishness, my dishonesty, my resentment, my fear all make a disconnect. I was in a meeting earlier in... Uh, I was sharing, I said something, a man raised his hand, and it immediately triggered my fear. So rather than be contemptuous and resentful of him, I was able to go and investigate. Thank God I was willing to investigate because I got more information, and it settled me. But see, the problem was my fear of rejection, uh, my lack of embracing the true, simple statement that I'm totally accepted in my God's eyes. And that's where my stability comes from. That's where my strength, my serenity comes from. And um, I need that real connection relationship. I don't know how to do relationships. My lack of intimacy is the core association with that spiritual misconnection. I don't know how to do intimacy. I know activity and intensity. Rarely do I take action. I'm passive. I wait. I lay back. And uh, when I need to take action, it changes my attitude. And um, I just appreciate this topic. I don't know that I've ever heard it brought up. And it's a core topic. And my heart beats for what this uh, solution here. I have a willingness today. God could and would if He were sought. I want to seek Him. Jesus, Jesus, I cry out for You. I, I cry because I need You. Thank You. Thanks, Hi, I'm Steve. I'm a sexaholic from North Carolina. Uh, thank you for the shares. Thank you for the topic. Um, in the last year, too, it, um, it brought up something that I've heard lately that has struck a chord in me uh, regarding my connection to a higher power. <clears throat> this is something I've struggled with. <clears throat> For a long time, I never, I didn't grow up in a religious household. I didn't grow up in a spiritual household. Um, I had no connection to a higher power. And coming into the program, it has been something that has been a struggle for me. Um, but I heard something recently that really resonated with me and gets to the heart of my misconnection. Um, the problem with the relationship between me and my higher power was there was always too much me in the way of that. Um, I identify as the director in my life, uh, always trying to control, be an actor, be the director, make sure everybody was playing their part. Um, and, you know, that's not my role. And I have to give that up. And I have to... Um, you know, I can't 
become less self-centered. I can't, I can't do that. Um, but I have now start every morning been asking for a new center, uh, to be God centered, to be a higher powered centered person. Um, but you know, I heard a speaker talk about this concept. That's where I got the concept from. But you know, you know, I can't be, I can't will myself to be less self-centered. I can't go into a room and think about how I'm going to start stop thinking about myself less. That that really doesn't work. Um, but just asking for that <coughs> new center, and with a new center comes a new perspective. Um, and that's what works for me. Thanks. 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 Leave powerless over lust. Um, you know, uh, I never had, um, I was in a program for 10 years, and last year I dropped out for a year, and now I'm back. And uh, so with step one, I never had a problem with being powerless over lust. I never had a problem with, uh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, but I knew I was powerless over lust. I knew I was my life was unmanageable. Uh, step two became a problem for me uh, about the uh, higher power, because I saw the higher power as a negative thing uh, because of trauma in my life as a child. I blamed my higher power for that trauma and for the ramifications that resulted from that. Uh, you know, and it's been forty years of ramifications, but. Uh, and now I'm back in the program for a month, and uh, I have that spiritual connection. And I'm finally seeing God, my higher power, as good. And, uh, and as a reminder, on my uh, uh, Google account, I've changed my password to God is good. <laughs> so uh, it's a reminder every time I check my email. And for that, I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for this program and this topic. Thank you. Thanks, Lee. <clears throat> Change your password now. <laughs> uh, I already forgot it. Um, I'm Jason. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, Jason. Yeah, I um, appreciate this topic. I, I was in a chronic relapse like, for the last couple of years, and I think um, my spirit, spiritual misconnection is a big reason why um, I struggle with sobriety. Um, and, you know... Uh, for me, you know, the previous share really, you know, that was, that was really helpful for me to hear because I think I also have a problem with step two and three, but <laughs> it's hard for me to admit that because I grew up religious, so I still like I still can't really say I have a hard time with that. So it's almost like I'm in denial. But I think you know what's been really helpful in the shares. One was I heard gratitude. Uh, I can't tell you if I had a nickel for every time someone told me to make a gratitude list, and I did not. Mm. Um, but doing gratitude list, it really stood out to me. Um, and then the challenge for me is to kind of carry it throughout the day. I kind of like maybe checking with God for a little bit in the morning and then it's kind of like, okay, now it's Jason's show. You know, I'll take care of it from here. Uh, I have an oversense of responsibility. I try to do everything myself. Um, I have a hard time for whatever reason turning certain areas of my life over to my higher power. Um, but, you know, uh, this is a good topic for me. I think the spiritual misconnection is an issue. And, you know, I'm grateful to be in the room where we can talk about this. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks. 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 Thanks.
Uh, Jim, a sexaholic, sobriety date, no, November 20th, 2014. Just uh, wanted to share a few things I'm grateful for. Um, one is learning meditation. Um, I've adopted a form of meditation. It's called centering prayer. Um, and the two mantras I typically use are Yahweh, which in Hebrew means God, and it relates to your breath, Yah, for breathing in, and Way for breathing out. And the other one is love is the only way. You know, I feel if you really love someone, it's hard to resent them. You know, if you come to a point where you're loving them, it, it is, for me, I cannot uh, resent them at that time. Um, some of the other practices that have, have helped me is, is doing things I don't feel comfortable with. And typically I mention that to my wife and she says, go do it. One, for instance, is um, going to meet Richard Rohr and actually becoming, uh, getting into his organization called Illumaman, which um, I did a men's rights of pra- passage, which was really helpful to me and helped me identify ways of uh, looking at things differently, especially realizing everything's not so black and white. It's always somewhere in the middle. Um, that helped me to identify when I was having these crazy thoughts, um, you know, even a thought like here being by my, you know, away from my wife and son thinking about, oh, they could be in a car accident and realizing that's just a crazy thought. Let it go. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, identifying those and realizing that they're not who I am uh, makes a big difference for me. Um, and then really slowing down and, and taking time and changing some old habits. Um, one old habit that I was really bad with was watching way too much news. I don't typically watch hardly any news anymore, and it's made a world of difference. Again, the news paints things so negatively, and it's really not as negative as the news makes it out. Um, so thanks. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Hey, my name is Mike. I'm a sexaholic. I'm Mike. For me, I grew up essentially with looking at God as more of a coach, play sports and things like that. And so it was just easy to transfer that onto God. But in my life, my performance has led to me feeling accepted because of that. And so when I didn't perform well, then I felt like I wasn't accepted and I wasn't worthy. And Looking at my past almost three years now in the rooms, my recovery has been like that too. If I feel like I'm performing well, then all of a sudden my recovery is going well. But when I'm failing at things or feeling frustrated and pressured, my recovery isn't happening. And it's been good because my sponsor always challenged me with, what would God have you do? So going to God first and not other people when I'm making decisions. And a reminder that God is going to take care of me. And so prayer and meditation is so important because when I'm listening to God, as opposed to speaking to him with my list of requests, I can relate to the share earlier. Then all of a sudden I'm reminded that, hey, I'm going to take care of you. Hey, you're free to do this option or this one. Like neither are, God is not too concerned with like, you know, what I do is that am I seeking to honor him and serve others? And when I do that and try to get out of his way, like the steps for me are to get out of God's way so he can work. And as I keep working the steps one day at a time, he's, just keep taking care of me. And so it's been, it's been good to connect with him. And I don't really have a choice. I'm either going to connect with God or I'm going to try to seek that from someone else and no one else can give me that. So that's been my experience. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark.
Hi, I'm Alina, and I'm a sexaholic. Hi, I'm Alina. Um, uh, last night I was working step uh, four, well, five with my sponsor. And one of the things that I really kind of surprised me that I came aware of, I recognized a pattern, and it was how much I relied either on myself or on other people um, instead of God. And um, I've always been very religious, and so it was really kind of a surprise to me when, when I made that, that realization. Um, and it was... I just, there were so many of my fears wrapped up in that, that by simply, one of the things I've really learned uh, since finding this program was, is how to surrender. And it was almost easy for me to surrender my lust, but it was all of the rest of my life um, that I still keep trying to grab control back of. Um, and as I've learned gradually and still need you know, constant reminders <laughs> to surrender. Um, it's, it's made a huge difference in my outlook and my, um, peacefulness with my family and, but that just the, the amount of surrender. So I really appreciate this, this topic and thank you for being here. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I'm Paul. I'm a sexaholic. I'm Paul. Powerless over lust. Um, I was in a meeting earlier this week, and this <clears throat> this old timer said something about when he came into meetings early on. You know, he he wouldn't share; he'd just sit there thinking about what he would share if he wanted to share. So, um, <laughs> um, I I felt like it was good to share. It's part of it's part of recovery for me is is to share. Um, <clears throat> and uh, there's a lot around this topic. I grew up in a, with a very you know a very religious background. And so it was hard for me to realize that um, when they talked about God, you know, I, I came into SA like 20 some years ago, my first time, and I'm just now coming up on 60 days sober. And I, I couldn't grasp the fact that I didn't have God in my life, you know, and that it's, it's, it's just, it was just baffling for me to understand that. And I think what's happening now is I'm seeing that, um, Again, I, I think it's in the literature, um, but it might have been an old timer in a meeting said that, um, you know, we had we had God. Um, we just didn't have surrender. And that's just been playing over in my head the last couple months is that I had um, I had God. I didn't have surrender. I had belief. I didn't have surrender. I had self-centeredness. I had ideas about God. I had practices about God, but I didn't turn my life over to God all those years. It was uh, it was just a lot of a lot of kind of ego living. So um, this is a great topic, and uh, that's all I have. Thanks for letting me share. Hi, my name is John. I'm a sexaholic. Hi, John. And uh, I just want to come up and thank everybody for being here. I I told somebody the other day I almost talked myself out of coming because no one else in my area wanted to come up here. So I got this idea that, well, if nobody else is committed, I'm not going to go. But I realized that, you know, I do my best to work with others and I do my best to share what I think I have. And without coming here, without you, I have nothing to share. I believe, I always thought I believed in God, but I always believed and practiced God intellectually. And I thought that somehow I was intelligent. And, and it's the biggest delusion of my life. Uh, I'm just, 
something you read in the beginning. I think it was from AAs. I, I, I just have this basic distrust and dislike and disrespect for everybody as a as a as an addict. And I, I tried to fill up my needs with everybody all through my life until it failed to work anymore. So when I come to SA, I have to continually remember that yes, I am insecure. I'm I'm screwed up mess unless I continually reach out to other people. And through what I read and, and the hope and the inspiration I get from you, I, I, to me, it's not a put down anymore to say I'm nothing. You know, I'm, I'm just a mess waiting to happen. And so I come here and uh, my life just gets better and better. I talked to my wife the other day about going back to a church that I grew up in. And I think I'm doing it now. She, she's, she will go, you know, and, and I'm doing it now not because I think somebody expects me to or because I want to. My parents are gone, but they're still part of my life. They gave me the, the spaces of my, of my beliefs. And today I can go back and honor my parents and honor everyone by being sober today. I'm still weak. I can still fail. But to me, that's, that's kind of completing that misconnection in the best way that I know how. And I'm going to leave a little early after this meeting because I want to get home to my wife. And, and, uh, and I love having a wife and a home today. And I just wanted to come up here and say thank you for this marathon. It's the third one I've been to. And uh, thank you for being here. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Dorota, love relationship and sex addict. Hi, Dorota. As I'm reading it, looking at our... Uh, theme of the um, of the discussions, the misconnection versus true spiritual connection. I realized when I came into the rooms, um, I've always had a very deep faith, and I was kind of confused. Why do I have to um, surrender to God? I've already surrendered, and you know I'm powerless. Yes, but God has my back; has always had it. I was kind of confused why He did not have my back when I was constantly asking Him to help me stop, <laughs> and I couldn't stop. But I realized that I was very disconnected because I was full of shame, and I really stopped praying during my active addiction. I was completely disconnected from my from my God, and I was absolutely absent from that, from that, from that relationship. And so um, fast forward over a year, um, and... Today, I'm in a completely different shoes. I'm a very different person. Um, as of yesterday, I had given my full disclosure to my husband. And I remember going and literally having this anxiety attack and crying. And at the same time, having this fear that I'm thinking it's impossible that I have fear and faith at the same time. The two cannot exist in the same place. It's either faith or fear. And faith belongs to God. Fear be- belongs to Sorry to name it, but it's the devil. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, you know, the good things comes for, come from God, only good things. And if I'm supposed to do the right thing and what I'm supposed to do at that very moment, I'm, go- I'm on my way to save my marriage, hopefully. This is a good thing. And I started thinking about this, and I've already known that I already surrendered. I've already passed my steps. I've done all my step work. I know I've already surrendered my life and myself completely to God. So He's got it. He's He's in control. He's sending me on the way to basically bear my bones and relieve relieve me of my 
bondage completely. So at this very moment, the fear completely disappeared. And I knew, I knew that I was in the right place. And that's the difference between me being back in those horrible situations <laughs> when I was, you know, 14, 15, 18 months ago versus where I am today. And I don't ever want to go back there. So um, misconnection versus connection are such totally two different worlds of heart that I don't ever want to be disconnected. Um, so thanks for letting me share. Thank you. I'm Paul Saxolik. I'm, I'm reminded of, about the story that uh, how God God works in His way and His time, not in my way or my time. Uh, there's a story of this guy is thrown on a desert island and uh, uh, he's trying to figure out how he's going to save himself. And there's a palm tree on the desert island and so he figures if he cuts the branches from the palm tree and makes a little raft that he can float out in the ocean and and, uh, maybe find, uh, find somebody to save him. So he makes a little raft and he puts it all together and then this thunderstorm comes along and uh, there's crashing and banging and a lightning bolt strikes the tree and hits the raft and burns the raft and burns the tree. And this guy is crying in the rain. He said, oh God, why did you do this to me? Why, why, why? And he falls in the sand and he's, he's crying and he's very upset. And then in a little while he hears a, the sound of a horn of a boat. And he jumps up and he's all excited and he's jumping up and down on the beach and he's yelling and screaming and signaling for the boat. And the, they uh, come and they get him. And he said, oh, thank you, thank you for saving me. He said, uh, how did you know I was here? And they said, well, we were passing by and we saw smoke rising from the, from the island. So we thought maybe we ought to check it out. So, for me, that's a a good example that I I need to think about uh, when 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 I'm trying to control the situation. Thanks. I'm Catherine Sexholic. Hi, Catherine. Catherine D. from Atlanta. Um, I go to the national. When I was going to the national conferences, I would say every year I would give an excuse about why I wasn't married yet. Because uh, when I left home, that was what I wanted. And I couldn't understand why it didn't happen. Um, and I think the spiritual has a lot to do with it. Um, what I have figured out is that I haven't grown up. Um, I went off to college and... Um, I didn't do my studying. I was just so glad to be around people. My family, my home was so devoid of love. It was just nice to be around people. So I sat in the lounge instead of uh, waiting for people to come in instead of doing the homework. Um, Now, I'm still alone. Um, I lived in a fantasy world, a romantic fantasy world for so long, and I was so high from that that um, I can't picture giving it up. I know I have to give it up. Um, I hated it when uh, they told me in AA, I am not a victim. 
Well, I was a victim. <laughs> Maybe you don't think you're a victim, but I thought I was a victim. And um, spirituality would be a solution for that. Um, instead of getting married, I had crushes, and I just went from one crush to the other to the other. Then I would crawl in my hole and feel sorry for myself, and then I would come out and have another crush. Um, in, in college, well, at the University of Georgia, I went to a number of colleges, um, we laughed about the petty bourgeoisie, and, and I realized I didn't want to be average, I didn't want to be normal, but I think that that is going to be the only way I'll ever find real relationships, is if I admit that I am just another bozo on the bus. Thanks. Thanks. I'm Tyler. I'm a sexaholic. Hi, Tyler. Um, I really appreciate the shares. Um, it's actually my first time sharing ever, so pretty nervous. So I wrote some notes down. Um, but uh, so I, this is an interesting topic, and I, I relate to a previous share because I was religious as a kid too. So. I came up and I was in, in this program in the first couple steps and I've been, you know, how is it that I can not truly admit, um, the belief in a higher power and yet I grew up as a religious kid and, um, but I realized that a lot of it came from the double-sided life I lived. I realized that I, I still said my prayers, but I said it about the side of me that I wanted to pray about, not about the dark side. I can remember being, and, you know, acting out in on a trip or something along those lines, and I'm still praying for my family back at home and my loved ones, and yet I don't bring God to that place, like because I don't want anybody to know that place. That's my place that I, nobody else could ever understand. <coughs> and I think that that's what these rooms have done for me is they've made me realize that people do understand and God understands. And and I've started, you know, I in my prayers I bring Him there. I pray that. Um, you know, he can take away my lust today. I pray for that. And that was a place I never brought him. And since then, um, I've just seen so much growth in my spiritual life. And just in my life in general, I just, there's an air about it that's different. And it's because I'm inviting, you know, my sponsor, you guys, and God there in a place that I've always not wanted anybody to know. And so he was another place that, or, you know, my higher power was another place that I didn't didn't want him to go there and now he's there and it's uh, a lot better so appreciate you letting me share that's all the time we have thank you for participating Uh, please join me in thanking our panel up here Anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of essay are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the name, address, phone number of anyone you meet or learn about an essay to yourself. And what you say here, let it stay here. Remember, we never identify ourselves publicly with essay in the press, radio, TV, or films. Neither does anyone else speak for essay. 
Let's circle up, and after a moment of silent meditation, I'd like to ask Robinson if you'd lead us in a prayer of your choice.